Hey, hey, you're listening to the Level Up Creators podcast. Amanda Northcutt here, founder and CEO. We help digital creators build thriving, sustainable businesses they love. We're so glad you're here today as we peel back the curtain on the world of marketing automation and what it can do for your creator-first business. Welcome. I am joined again today by our head of revenue strategy and marketing automation extraordinaire, Natalie Williams. Welcome, Natalie. Thanks, Amanda. And a couple of weeks ago, I was on Neil Schaefer's podcast, the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast, which we'll link up in the show notes. And he and I had a great discussion about marketing automation. Definitely check out that show. And what Natalie and I are about to discuss is definitely not like a carbon copy of um, Neil and I's discussion by any stretch of the imagination, but rather a more specific look under the hood at what marketing automation actually is what role it plays in creator-first businesses, and how to start implementing it in your business. This is going to be very practical, very tactical. Um, and if you're coming in not knowing anything about marketing automation, you are going to level up your knowledge very, very quickly in the next 30 or 45 minutes. So let's get started by talking about what marketing automation is in layman's terms. So marketing automation is the software and system that lets you communicate with your subscribers at scale on their terms. In a way, it's sort of like a behind the scenes automated sales machine working for you around the clock, always on your subscribers terms, which is a very important point. Yeah, and a thoughtful marketing automation machine will connect every digital touch point you have with customers and prospective customers with a backend tool or two that is carefully configured to take your community of followers on a thoughtful customer journey that leads to purchase or whatever you're asking them to do. And a way to think about it is it's a way to be able to talk to your customers one-on-one to help them solve their struggles and show up as a trustworthy hero to them. The email sequences let them do those one-on-one convos and demonstrate value. It's a longer play that yields more sustainable growth long-term. Yeah, and done well, you've got your customers and customers-to-be on a value-laden continuous journey where ultimately you consistently solve people's problems with a mix of free and paid products and services, which turns into a self-perpetuating flywheel of maximum conversions, LTV, again, that's lifetime customer value and referrals. And you always want to lead with serving people. Like that's really at the heart of a creator-first business anyway. It is so incredibly personal and unique and relationship-driven. and Marketing automation can really help you do that even better. And when you're solving people's problems, I promise you sales will follow. And marketing automation also provides the opportunity for feedback at scale, which can be incredibly important for making those data-driven decisions. Some creators can get survey responses that approach or exceed statistical significance, which is really, really amazing. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about how does it help a creator-first business? Well, there's a number of different ways, um, but one is that it allows you to grow your business very, very efficiently with a high degree of personalization. And I know that that sounds almost in conflict with the term marketing automation, like we're talking about a personalized customer journey. But when you approach writing emails or text messages within marketing automation, uh, a marketing automation system, you want to actually think as though you're writing to just one member of your community who is sort of like representative and embodies the the spirit and the vibe and the culture of your community. And in marketing uh, and in the business world, we call that uh, a customer persona or an ICP, an ideal customer persona. Um, there's, I'm sure a couple other names for that. We use ICP at Level Up Creators, but it's, it's this one person that you have in mind and you're thinking of very specifically demographic, psychographic information um, and what their 
foundational desires and wants and needs truly are so that you can write to them in such a way that it does feel very personalized. You're not trying to write to the masses. If you really focus your mind on writing to this one person, you will really cut through the noise in someone's inbox because people will feel that you are writing truly just for them. And for professional creators and entrepreneurs, uh, again, it, marketing automation enables you to scale. A marketing automation configuration can handle 10 people or 100,000 people, literally. Same setup, same system, multiplier on you know the number of people that it can handle and handle well. Once you're set up and have a system for ongoing upkeep with, within your marketing automation system, when you hit that home run with a viral post or a high converting campaign that exceeds your wildest expectations, you are ready. You know that the system will work and you can rest assured that the 100,000 people going through your marketing automation system are having a highly personalized journey where, again, they feel like they're really being spoken to specifically and uniquely by you. Right. And it also enables you to make the right offer at the right time to the right person and in the right way, which creates a personalized customer journey. Marketing automation allows digital creators and small businesses to create personalized customer journeys by segmenting their audiences based off of their behavior and preferences, and then allows them to send targeted messages that resonates with each group, improving engagement and conversion rates. Yeah. And don't uh, recoil at Natalie's mention of the word segmenting or segmentation within marketing automation. That's kind of like next level and not for a beginner necessarily, but within systems like ConvertKit and ActiveCampaign, which are the two that we most highly recommend, we'll come back to that in a bit. Um, your users within your marketing automation system, like kind of once they're in the flow, um, you can send them more specific and granular information that's valuable to them based on things that they click on or emails that they open. So the marketing automation system, based on how you set it up, sort of like morphs and makes a more unique, personalized journey for each user based on their behavior. So again, that's next level. Uh, maybe we'll do a whole episode, you know, on highly technical pieces of marketing automation, but um, it's pretty cool. So. And okay, moving right along, I could go on all day, right? We, we all know that. So we know that uh, marketing automation also increases your audience's affinity for your brand. And again, uh, that's a double-edged sword done right. It increases affinity done very poorly. It will turn people off. So you want to make sure that you're nailing this. Again, the most important piece of that is you're writing to one person who is representative of your community. Uh, but again, we're looking for marketing automation to provide value at scale in what feels like a one-to-one -one environment with each member of your audience. And man, I'm talking a lot here. I'm just burning this list down. Mm -hmm. All right, time and resource efficiency. So I really wanna emphasize the efficiency and time savings that come along with a marketing automation system. It really helps streamline repetitive tasks like marketing email campaigns, it frees up time for you, the creator and business owner to focus on more strategic aspects of your business. Again, this not only saves time, but ensures consistency and accuracy in your marketing efforts. All right, over to you, Natalie. I got to take a sip of tea. <laughs> yeah, take a break, take a breather. Um, I had mentioned earlier on that marketing automation allows you to have some data-driven decision-making abilities too. And those marketing automations can really highlight the role of facilitating data-driven decision-making. Automation tools often come with analytics and reporting features built in that help businesses track and analyze the performance of their marketing campaigns. So you don't have to really reinvent the wheels with a lot of this. A lot of this is done for you and ready out of the box. And this data can be used to make 
informed decisions, optimize marketing strategies, and achieve better ROI. And being able to have access to that data allows you to reduce your dependency on making emotional decisions, um, which there's certainly a time and a place for, but a lot of these decisions need to have that analytical component that's based in facts. And so you can evolve your business and your brand around what people are responding to, not just what you think they prefer or you think they might like. You can actually use that you know, gut instinct that you have and then back it up with the data and the analytics that, that underline your point. Yeah. Thank you, Natalie. I appreciate you sharing about making emotional decisions versus data-driven decisions. And there's certainly a time and place for um, both of those things. But the more you can inject data-driven decisions to your business strategy, uh, likely the more effective and successful you're going to be. So I do appreciate you drawing that distinction. Okay, walk us through the difference between marketing automation on the whole versus email automation, which is a term, you know, term we hear a lot. So marketing automations are the systems and email automations are a part of the marketing automation. So email automations are pre-configured sequences of emails that are designed to take someone from point A to point B when they opt in to start that journey, usually by downloading a lead magnet, maybe joining your newsletter list or purchasing a product or a service. Yeah, thank you. And mature digital businesses actually have dozens and dozens of email automations running within their marketing automation machine. And they have systems for updating those automations to keep content fresh. It'd be really embarrassing to promote content that happened six months ago in someone who received an email from your marketing automation system. So it is really imperative to make sure that you have systems for keeping that content super fresh. And um, also, you know, a more mature digital business would ensure that the same human people aren't enrolled in too many automations at a time. That kind of goes back to segmenting and how you can kind of route your automations very strategically to make sure that you're not overwhelming people, um, because obviously that's a pretty bad look. But the good news is you don't have to start there. You don't, you know, jump in headlong with a dozen automations. You can start with just one. Um, And before we talk about exactly which automations to start with, email automations to start with. I do want to say that, you know, Natalie just drew this distinction between like, okay, marketing automation is the umbrella system. Email automations are part of how that system is executed and how information is delivered to your community of followers or email subscribers. Uh, Another potentially great component of a marketing automation system, depending on your use case, of course, is to have SMS and or MMS automations included. And those are simply text messages. And so that's just kind of the more technical term for sending text messages. And text messages can be extremely helpful if you have a recurring live event or group coaching or anything like that where you're wanting people to jump on uh, a Zoom call or a webinar or workshop or whatever and attend right then. Send a or set up a SMS automation that reminds people one hour before and then five minutes before, for instance, uh, your live event starts. And so you can really, really increase participation numbers if you hit them with a text message right when it starts. Because we're not all necessarily in our inboxes like we were 10, 15 years ago, you know, 24-7, 365. Um, But everybody gets a little buzz on their watch when um, a text message comes through. So SMS and MMS can be a really, really, really Uh, strategic component of your marketing automation system. And we recommend a tool, uh, especially if you have international audiences, which if you're a creator on the internet, I sure bet you do. Um, We recommend Just Call, J-U-S-T-C-A-L-L, because they do excellent international 
SMS and MMS automations. And SMS means just simply text. You're usually limited to like 160 characters, sort of like a tweet, for instance. And MMS is like a multimedia message. So that would be a video or a, a, a picture, like an image, for instance. So anyway, I'll leave that there. That's it. You can check out Just Call if you're interested. And obviously, you can reach out to us if you want some help kind of exploring this and see if that's a good use case for you. But Natalie, um, talk to us about which automations to start with if you're starting from scratch. Yeah, typically we always recommend starting with a newsletter sign up, which includes a welcome email and intro into your community, telling them what to expect. Then after they've received a few email newsletters from you and received some value, have another email scheduled to offer a valuable asset, like an industry report, maybe a top 10 list, a downloadable PDF, workbook, and see if they take you up on it. The intent here is to get them further into your into your ecosystem to deepen your relationship with them, but it's not to sell. You can certainly use a section of your newsletter from time to time for promotion, but really lean into offering the value and leaving the selling for a little bit later. Um, and so it's important that you just are always value forward with any interaction with your community, but especially in your marketing automation efforts that you don't want it to seem spammy. Um, you want them to get a lot of value and continue to follow you and be a part of that email automation. Love that. And that is such a simple automation to put together, no matter what platform you're using. And um, you don't want people to sign up for your newsletter on your website or wherever, and then nothing happen and for them to be confused about what's going to happen next. You always want to let people know what to expect and kind of, again, lead them on that journey. So you're not caught on your heels, but you are leading people forward. And so um, an email in their inbox, confirming their subscription, thanking them uh, for signing up and then letting them know what to expect. How frequently do you send a newsletter? What is your newsletter about? Those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a great first one. Uh, the second one we re recommend putting together is a lead magnet to purchase offer. And Natalie, would you mind just kind of explaining how that works? Yeah, so a lead magnet is some high valuable pieces of con piece of content for them to download. And so those are their, you know, kind of a little bit more of your sophisticated content, um, something that goes a little bit further in depth with the intent of, again, leading them further into that ecosystem, getting them further into the purchasing um, stages of their journey and leading them to um, an offer to make a purchase of what your product is. So it's a little bit of kind of like a teaser or a highlight, um, something that they can expect from a full purchase while still proving and underlining the value of the content content that they provide. It's a, it's a low, a low lift um, that leads them down to a purchase. Yeah. So that can be as simple as like three to five emails, for instance, mm -hmm. you know, say you create, um, you know, 5,000 word ebook or industry report or something like that. And you offer it on your Instagram account and you've got a great little connection uh, between your Instagram account and your marketing automation system. So people can grab your lead magnet directly from Instagram. And then they're entered into a three to five email sequence that perhaps leads to a course on the topic that your ebook covered. And so the three to five emails kind of in between where you're guiding people toward a purchase would include uh, sort of the value and outcomes that your customers would achieve if they do in fact purchase and take your course. So it's meant yeah. to increase conversions. And an important point that you reminded me of when you were talking there too, is that the lead magnet always needs to be related to what you're asking them to purchase. So you don't want them to feel like it's a bait and switch situation. It needs to be, um, they need to be related um, and be very similar so that they don't sign up for one thing. And then all of a sudden are getting sold something that they 
they don't know where it's coming from or they have no interest in because they didn't they didn't express interest in that. A lead magnet is a really good way to test the um, interest of your audience in your product. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that. That's a great point. Um, and it's so we, we recommend having a lead magnet that guides people to purchase for every single thing that you sell. Mm-hmm. Um, it will really, really help increase conversion. People feel like they have a little slice or a taste of the thing that they might actually buy. And so it, it, they feel like their risk is reduced if they get a little slice uh, or a taste before they actually pull out their credit card and make a purchase. So mm-hmm. leveraging an email automation within your marketing automation system is a great way to do that again on a one to many scale. Uh, And then, okay, Natalie, what happens when somebody buys something from you? How can you leverage marketing automation to uh, in in, in post-purchase? Yeah, so we call that post-purchase onboarding automation. And so the worst thing that can happen is somebody purchases a product and then they sit around and they're like, what's next? I don't know what to expect. And so you really want to get ahead of that by uh, giving them their information before they even have time to ask what's next. And so this can be really simple. It can be a couple of emails, um, but just gives them some information on, um, you know, confirmation of what they've just purchased, what they do next, what they can expect next, how they set up any tech that's required, um, any communication information, you know, introducing them to anybody on your team that they may need to be in communication with, um, and steps to setting up a purchase or, or downloading whatever they need to. Um, but it just really lays out the process of what they can do next and how they are going to be successful, whatever, with whatever they purchase from you. Yes, the key there is like reducing time to effectiveness or reducing time to that aha moment. The faster someone that buys something from you can receive value, the better chance they have of one, not requesting a refund, Mm -hmm. um, two, buying something else later, three, providing a testimonial, four, telling their friends. And so there's so many good things that come from having post-purchase onboarding. So that's a great one. And that can just be, you know, one, two or three emails as well. Uh, You get a little bit more uh, lengthy and sophisticated with an automation like that when you're talking about, you know, membership onboarding, for instance, which we're going to go into really um, in depth in episode 11. Uh, But yeah, thank you for explaining that. And I mentioned a few minutes ago that, you know, a more advanced digital business is going to have dozens of automations. And you're probably thinking, what the hell could they possibly even be? Um, and I would not fault you for that question. Uh, so some other examples would be renewal reminders for any recurring revenue digital products, uh, like a membership product, again, a newsletter, you know, paid newsletter subscription, group coaching or mastermind that's coming up on renewal. Uh, So you want to let people know before you charge their credit card. That's really, really best practices. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not a, you know, ask for forgiveness situation and skip over the permission part. You definitely want to let people know before you charge their credit card, especially for an annual um, membership. So that's one. Uh, Another is cart abandonment. And this is a very interesting one. Um, We actually have uh, a recent client who uh, came to us to help launch his course and he did not have email automation in place. And so we went in and installed, you know, the ones that we've been talking about so far and also a cart, cart abandonment automation. And so if you've ever put something in a cart online, a shopping cart online, and then left and checked your email a little bit later and <laughs> feels like, how the hell did they know? And mm-hmm. you got an email from, you know, the company you were intending to purchase from, but you left your item in the cart and you did not complete the purchase. And they've sent you an email that is prompting you to go back and complete your purchase because we all get very distracted. It's not like you intentionally necessarily uh, left and 
didn't want to come back. But sometimes that very gentle, polite nudge to bring you back to the cart and complete the purchase can actually result in very significant uh, increasing conversions. Um, this recent client, 10% of his gross sales during his course launch period came from this cart abandonment sequence. That was thousands and thousands of dollars. That is no joke. So that's a super powerful one. Uh, Natalie, walk, walk us through a couple more. Yeah. So another one kind of related to that is payment failure. So a lot of people, they they think they make the purchase, they move on with their day, they get focused on something else and they don't take a look to make sure that it went through or they just don't know that it didn't go through. I mean, there's a number of factors that can, that can affect payment, um, fa payments failing. And so just having a reminder of like, Hey, just so you know, that didn't go through, um, will, will really, really help be helpful, especially for things like memberships where you think you're signing up for something. You're not really expecting much after that. You're just doing what you think you need to do to continue that membership and you're moving on. And so, um, you might not notice for weeks or months later that maybe that membership payment didn't go through. And so having a system in place to catch that is really, really helpful. Um, just like it is with card abandonment. It's just a nice little reminder. Um, and then kind of like what we kind of what we referred to before with the post-purchase onboarding is a robust onboarding. So a more further um, built out one, kind of like what Amanda touched on before with memberships and, and subscriptions where they're a little bit more sophisticated and maybe people need a little bit more information um, than you can provide in one or two emails. But it's just really walking people through um, everything they need to know. Don't ever assume that anything is easy or clear um, or common sense for anybody signing mm -hmm. up for anything. Everybody's got different things going on and different levels of understanding different levels of technological abilities. And so you really have to um, just take the time and the, uh, the take the time and thought to go through and create some robust onboarding, try and be preventative of anything falling through the cracks or anything like that. And just really be thoughtful and building that out and help them along the way, provide information like FAQs or help documentation, just be, you know, again, value forward and be as helpful as possible to make things as, as smooth. And like Amanda mentioned, the quickest way to effectiveness of whatever they purchased. Yeah. And the more complicated whatever has been purchased, typically the more onboarding mm -hmm. is required. And in, you know, a, when, if you have a small team or if it's just you, for instance, in your creator first business, you really need to be using things like email automation and onboarding in particular to preempt emails for service requests, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's, I need help logging in, I can't find the login button, or I need to reset my password, or where was this thing? I can't find it. You know, if you're getting consistent questions and service tickets about the same thing, you need to update your onboarding or your FAQ page um, or your FAQ section on your landing page rather uh, to help preempt these things. And we're going to talk uh, for a few minutes about the customer journey here at the end of this episode. But the smoother you can make the customer journey and so like how it feels as a customer and the more success and value you can bring to them, the longer they'll stay with you, buy more things from you. And again, maximizing that LTV is really an important piece of the puzzle for building a long-term sustainable and profitable business. What else? Um, I think another one would be upsells and cross-sell emails. So you have this perfect opportunity where you're communicating with your customers and prospective customers and existing customers with email automation. It's an excellent time to sell them something else, sell them a higher ticketed item or a different item that they haven't purchased before, uh, you know, different version of a, of a new course coming out. You can use that to promote things that are coming out that are new products or services. Um, and so you have that, you have their attention in their, in, in their inbox by receiving 
receiving those emails already. So it's an excellent opportunity to um, expand the revenue and the lifetime value of a customer with those upsell and cross-sell emails. Nice. Yes. Again, we're big and uh, big proponents of having a suite of digital and physical products if you're a creator and letting your marketing automation do the selling for you. And again, this is a great uh, use case for segmentation where you don't want to send an upsell or a cross-sell email automation to someone who is highly disengaged. They're likely to unsubscribe if you do that. But if you send, if you have an upsell automation triggered by someone who maybe opens your emails at a rate of 70%, for instance, um, I, hope, I hope that's a trigger that you can actually make. <laughs> um, you want to take your most highly engaged uh, subscribers and again, continue to lead them on this journey to upsells and cross-sells so you can provide more and more and more value. And that again, adds to their LTV. And yeah. And on the, I was just going to say on the segmentation piece of it too, it's very, very important. You're not selling the selling something to someone who's already purchased that. And so mm-hmm. making sure you have that segmentation down so that people that maybe just purchased something aren't going to get an email asking them to purchase something they've already purchased. That's a really quick way to lose some um, trust with your audience. Yeah. That's a, that's a little bit embarrassing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little unprofessional. <laughs> Uh, okay. Email automations are also set up to ask for testimonials, re- referrals to complete a survey. And so those can all be deployed at certain intervals. I actually like to include in say like email number eight on membership onboarding, like post-purchase membership onboarding sequences, um, go ahead and ask for feedback or go ahead and like preemptively create a survey that will deploy in this email number eight so that you don't have to remember to do it. It's just already set up and it's already there. No, there are certainly uh, instances where it's appropriate to send out, you know, a request for testimonial or everybody to fill out a survey result, but that can be done through a broadcast email, um, not necessarily even an email automation, but just something you can say, oh, I want to send this out tomorrow. And then you click and you send it out to everybody and like that works fine too. And you know when it's going to be hitting them in their mm-hmm. buying cycle too, right? You know, it's not somebody that purchased something mm-hmm. a year ago and might be not be as familiar with, um, you know, the fine details of it. And so being able to send that on a cadence where you don't have to check everybody's timeline, you know, it's just going to go based off of the automation that you have set up and hit them at the right time. So again, right, uh, right message, right time, right person. Boom. That's right. A uh, a post cancellation automation is great also for recurring revenue product like a membership. Um, If it's something like a mastermind that's a smaller group, I would definitely uh, encourage you to follow up in person and schedule kind of like an exit interview sort of situation. But, you know, if you have a $49 or $149 a month membership, for instance, uh, and somebody cancels, it's completely appropriate for you to have an automation that gets triggered by that cancellation request and ask for feedback and, you know, says, Hey, I I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. You know, is there anything that I could have done better? And it could be really as simple as that, you know, please hit reply. These all go to me. That's it. Um, And kind of along those same lines, again, for a membership would be a subscriber or customer win back campaigns. And so if someone cancels, say now, and in six months, you then enroll them in a win back campaign that you have to continuously update with new content. And you kind of tease out all the amazing content you have coming up for, you know, spring and summer of 2024, which is six months from now. And um, see if you can get them to come back. It's a lot easier, you know, because they may have just been having a financial struggle or something like that, like had to cut back the budget for a 
for a bit and maybe forgot about you. So, you know, it's okay to like extend an offer for them to come back so long as you are not just like, Hey, just checking in. Do you want to come back and pay me more money? But Hey, Hey, we've missed you. We've got this coming up that I thought you might be interested in. Um, you know, and maybe here's a bonus, something rather or a coupon to come back. So that is a lot. And especially when you, you know, look at some of these, like, um, if you have six products, for instance, you do want to have one of each automation for those. So you want to have lead magnet to purchase offer for each of your lead magnets, two products. You want to have card abandonments for each of those. You want to have payment failures, uh, if that's a recurring revenue product. And again, the post cancellation one as well. Um, so yeah, this, that's, it can, it can add up very, 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 very quickly which is when it becomes important to have someone on your team who uh, is an expert at marketing automation or hiring a firm like ours to help you get that set up. Okay, let's talk about who marketing automation is for in case that was not abundantly clear already. Um, my POV is that marketing automation is for anyone selling anything on the internet, literally anyone uh, could potentially benefit from marketing automation done well. And in particular, creators and entrepreneurs who have a growth mindset and are really ready to level up by laying the foundation to scale. Yeah. And I think another thing that people get a little bit nervous about and might hold them back from is if they're not super technical. And an important note here is that you don't have to be technical yourself. Like, remember, you don't have to know it all and do it all. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, these tools are easier than you might think, and there's also a lot of resources to get help to build these out. So the ROI will speak for itself, and you'll know definitively if you should continue on the path or not. And of course, thoroughly vet whoever you're hiring to make sure that they're able to do what you want them to do. Um, but there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of ways around this without having to be somebody that knows the, the ins and outs of all of these platforms. Um, and you can also work in iterations, so you can get quick feedback and make many tweaks along the way, test what works, switch on pivot off of things that don't work. And unless you're working with a team like us, don't go in and implement a dozen email automations like Amanda just listed out. Start small or get some help to go big. Yes, most definitely. And Natalie, what are some common misconceptions about marketing automation that I'm sure our listeners have been mulling through in their brains as they've been listening? Yeah, I think email automation is the one that probably gets the, the most thought here. But um, Automations aren't icky. They're not. They they're not spammy. They shouldn't be spammy. I guess is what I should make a make a note of there. But um, done well, they let you share your real voice and create a personalized interaction. Yes, folks know that they're on a list, but to not personalize would be stepping backwards in 2023. Like they expect if you're going to email them, they're going to be personalized. Um, another common misconception is that people think that it's too complicated and and they're not. They're not going to be able to do it because they're not a techie person. And like I just mentioned before, you don't have to be highly technical. There are teams that can help you build out those more technical automations and help you get your system set up and, and running smoothly. Um, and it's often sold as a set it and forget it. And I would never, ever advocate for that approach. But once you're past the original implementation hurdle where everything gets set up in place, you have your segmentation down, you have your messages down, what automations you want to create, you're set, you set up those smart systems and then you give them regular checkups. So you you make sure that they're working properly, making sure the segmentation is tagging people correctly, making sure they're sending appropriately, um, and then check your reporting and your data so you're constantly analyzing and making shifts and pivots off of things that are or are not working. 
And then most importantly is updating your content, making sure that you're not sending something that is six months or a year old. You're providing fresh, valuable content so that people can expect to receive that valuable, new, fresh content. Yes. Also true. And we haven't even gotten into like A-B testing or subject line right. testing or anything like that. We'll leave that for another day, but um, just leave that by the wayside. You don't have to get, again, all the way in your first, you know, straight out of the gate. You can just, like Natalie said, take it in iterations and uh, work with somebody who knows what they're talking about. And you don't have to have somebody on retainer uh, forever to help you with your marketing automation. For, you know, a firm like us, we could help you set everything up, come in as needed, um, prompt you to, uh, you know, uh, update your content. Like we were talking about earlier, you don't want to um, promote membership content that happened six months ago by accident. And, and we can make like a suite of videos for you that, you know, like screencasts that guide you step-by-step step through, like, here's what this automation is. Here's how to change it. Here's what needs to be updated, you know, once a month or what's a quarter or whatever. And so, you know, there can be a pretty tremendous like transference of knowledge here. You don't have to always depend on somebody else, but you can have somebody, uh, another expert or a team like ours kind of in your back pocket that can kind of like pop in and out as needed. So don't think that you have to hire a full-time or even a part-time person to, to do this. Okay. Let's get a little bit more tactical. Um, how do you do this? So how do you set up marketing automation? And I'm actually going to take us several steps back. And this is this exercise we're going to talk about uh, will be so very helpful for your entire business model and in creating any product whatsoever. And Natalie and I kind of talked about this uh, principle of making sure that you are solving a problem or sort of initiating a transformation with a customer before you even go to design a product, right? So um, we were talking about that in a specific application of designing a course and making sure that, okay, my course takes someone from A to B. So you want to be thinking along those lines for anything that you're selling. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit right now about designing your ideal customer journey. And believe it or not, this is a very, very tactical and strategic step that you can take uh, to help inform all of your marketing automation, your product roadmap, and just a lot of big business decisions. So as you are designing this ideal customer journey, and I would totally uh, invite you to take notes on this, remember that if you don't know where you want to go, you're never going to get there. And in this instance, that would go something like, uh, if you don't know where you want your audience to go and you don't know the steps required to get them there, they'll never get there. So you'll never be able to instigate that transformation that you really want to with any product or service that you're offering. Okay, so here's the right notes part. I, um, well, your action step here is kind of like to set yourself up for a brainstorming session, whether you, that's on your tablet, a Figma diagram, a Miro board, your whiteboard. Um, my personal favorite is I keep like a giant roll of butcher paper um, from like Hobby Lobby or something like that. I roll it out on our giant dining table, tape it down, and we'll just like go to town on like a four hour brainstorming session. And that is how, well, that is one of the many ways that I will just like fully nerd out. So, okay. Picture whatever you're doing for your brainstorming session. On the left side, list out where your customers find you online. So this would be like your social media account, your email list, and your website, maybe any guest appearances or anything like this. This is the top of your funnel. This is where people find you, okay? Left side. And kind of on the right middle, like leave some space on the far right, 
list out all the things that you sell online, literally every single one of them. Now on the rightmost part of the page, the far right, write the words referral, testimonial, and upsell. Okay. So left side, top of funnel, where people find you all the way over on the right, referral, testimonial, and upsell. And just to the left of referral, testimonial, upsell, write all the products that you have. Yeah. And now the real work of the exercise is to map out the steps that it takes from people to get from the left side the page all the way to the right side of the page, which is a purchase. So you'll need your intuition and experience here and any feedback you received from customers and very importantly, any data that you can get your hands on, like from Google Analytics, email marketing, statistics, um, social media stats, any of that stuff you can get your hands on. Synthesize all that info to try and find the well-worn path from where someone finds you online to where they pulled out their credit card and bought something from you. And then once you have that picture, and then once someone has bought something from you, what does it take to help them buy the right next thing from you and then tell their friends how great you are? So that's kind of the full the full details of all of the things that you need to map out, all those data points you need to have to connect the dots from the one side to the other side, from the top of funnel through the purchase. And once you have that full picture, congratulations, you now have what's called a bow tie funnel, which is a pretty sophisticated exercise. Way to go. Yeah. And this is more complicated than we just put it. But basically, uh, again, like Natalie said, you're trying to find the well-worn path. What actions have real people taken from when they found you to when they bought things from you? And then the far right side of the page, the referral, testimonial, et cetera, um, that's where you upsell and maximize LTV. So you sell them more great things. You ask them for referrals, you ask them for testimonials, and then you map those back into your marketing cycle. And the cool thing here, when you understand what that well-worn path is, what gets your community of followers from when they first find you to when they purchase something from you, from when they purchase the next thing from you, you want to mirror your marketing and specifically your marketing automation to um, take people on that same journey, on that same well-worn path. So we're going to like really carve in those grooves really, really deeply because you know that if the highest conversion rates happen when one person does X, then Y, then Z, you can replicate that journey with that same customer persona over and over and over again at scale. Uh, and marketing automation like is this bow tie funnel reverse engineered, broken in, into chunks and reconnected all the way to make this beautifully engineered choose your own adventure map where your community effectively self-selects the right offer for them at the right time and in, the, and in just the right way, um, exactly how they want it. You're helping people raise their hand and ask for exactly what they want rather than sending out every offer to every person all the time. Um, remember, it's not about you. It's actually, it's all about the customer, right? So what, how, how have past customers been successful? What did they do to get from here to there? And then how can you guide people on that same thoughtful journey through marketing automation and allow people to, again, self-select through a little bit, you know, another layer of sophistication with segmentation um, so that their actions within your marketing automation system, again, really helps with that choose your own adventure map and gets people where they want to go.
So yeah, and, and your email automation should remove some friction from that process mm-hmm. as well if you don't already have that set up. So you can by going through this thought exercise of figuring out that well-worn path, you you will likely be able to pick out some of those pain points or some of those frictions that people have, whether it's card abandonment staff or payment failure. And you can create those pieces of that email automation that remove that friction and make that just a smoother, easier journey for folks to complete that path that's already in existence. I'm so glad you said that. That is what the biggest and most successful marketing companies in the world do is they're constantly reevaluating and remapping this customer journey. They're finding friction points. And again, those are typically going to be surfaced from data from within your marketing automation system. Like, oh, people were kind of like trucking along and it seemed like they were moving toward this purchase and they were indicating higher and higher purchase intent. And then all of a sudden there's this huge drop off. And so um, a marketing automation system told through a customer journey map uh, will tell you where those sticking points are and then like what you can do to help people move past those hurdles. And that will unlock, depending on the size of your audience, anywhere from thousands to millions of dollars. And so this is a pretty sophisticated tool. You can make it, you know, as simplistic as you want. It could just be one, two or three steps, you know, hop, skip and a jump for people to get from Mm -hmm. finding you on social media or on someone else's podcast to making their first purchase. But the idea, again, can't say it enough, find the well-worn path and reverse engineer through your marketing automation system to get new folks on that same journey toward purchase, which means value and more of their problems being solved by you, the subject matter expert, right? Yeah. And quickly, we are going to talk about ConvertKit and ActiveCampaign. Again, those are the two tools that we most recommend for creators who want to implement a marketing automation system. And so, um, Natalie, you have just been kind of in the weeds with ConvertKit. You want to talk a little bit about ConvertKit and then I'll talk about ActiveCampaign? Yeah, ConvertKit is great because I think at its premise, it's built for creators. And so... It is, I think, meant to be um, used by folks that aren't highly technical. I mean, it's not not that it's not for folks that are highly technical that they would be, you know, finding it simplistic. That's not the case, but it's 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 certainly um, user friendly. I think is probably the good a good word to put that. And they they constantly make um, updates and changes and new features that really benefit creators. And so one of the things that they recently rolled out um, was they acquired Sparkloop and created their converter their creator network which is allowing um, creators to get referrals from one another, both paid and or paid and unpaid um, within their newsletter in ConvertKit. And so um, there's a whole whole section, like a discover section where you can find all types of different creators. You can recommend people that you're well aligned with. Other people can recommend you. And it's just a really great way to quickly build that email newsletter. Um, And then you can also, there's a paid referral site as well. So you can um, choose how much you want to pay for people to refer you. And you can also make income by referring other creators. And so um, it's a really great way to discover other creators, to network with other creators and kind of a creators helping creators type of um, vibe where you're building uh, your audience alongside other creators and, and helping each other out. And so um, I really like that feature of ConvertKit. Um, and you can also do, um, you know, segmenting email automation. It's not just a newsletter platform. There's a lot of um, functionality to build out those email automation um, systems and do all of the tracking and the analytics and all of that, all of that fun, good stuff. 
Yeah, it is a really amazing tool. And again, like their niche is hardcore, mm-hmm. all about creators. They Everything that they do uh, is with the creator in mind. And uh, Nathan Berry is the founder and CEO over there. He is really a stand-up guy and has built um, an organization with a great deal of integrity. And they have like um, pay scale transparency and all kinds of that stuff. So there's no gender pay gap at ConvertKit, which is something that's really important. I hope it's important to you too, if you're listening to this. Um, and so I think they're a really interesting company and are really elevating the creator economy and letting creators through their tool, you know, kind of take creator first businesses to new heights that really, you know, in, in ways that did not exist before through what Natalie's talking about with this uh, creator network. And they also have really beautifully designed emails and landing pages as well. And they have a number of deep integrations with other tools that creators commonly use. And so if you are going to go at it alone on the marketing automation front, uh, I would check out ConvertKit first. Yeah. Now, ActiveCampaign is a really, really, really robust tool. There is not much within a marketing automation ecosystem that cannot be done by ActiveCampaign. And so Active campaign might be a better fit for, you know, again, that creator who's got a massive audience, you know, a suite of, you know, a dozen products, maybe even five products, and you've got, you know, half a dozen automations associated with each of those products. You have uh, loads of lead magnets and you're getting really deep into the segmentation piece and you are taking each of your email subscribers on a very granular highly, highly personalized customer journey. Uh, I mean, their segmentation tools are really top notch. And ActiveCampaign also actually has SMS capabilities. Uh, It is not super awesome from my personal experience with international, um, at least MMS messages, again, like sending pictures and video. But, you know, if you need like a more basic SMS automation tool and you're already using ActiveCampaign, then it's great. I think you're limited to 160 characters, but you know what? If you're sending a reminder to join a Zoom call, that's completely and and perfectly adequate. So um, two different tools, both great for creators, a little bit, you know, of nuance between the two and different, um, you know, kind of like key factors in your decision-making process. But that's just kind of like a little bit about each of those would certainly encourage you to get demos for each and talk to a few customers if you're on the fence. Okay, let's land this plane. Natalie, what are our top three takeaways? So our top three actionable takeaways from this episode. um, One, reframe your thinking around marketing automation and envision what it can do for your business. With that fresh mindset, write down three things you would like your marketing automation to do for your business. And that's just a great way to start start building this out. Uh, Two, create a very simple customer journey. So start mapping things out, seeing where your customers find you or how they find you and map the whole thing out, finding that well-worn path. And then three, take the right next action step to level up your automation capabilities, whether that's starting to build an email list, getting consistent in your communications with your existing list, or building out your first, second, third, or maybe your 20th automation. Yeah. Thank you, Natalie. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. I know this was maybe like drinking from a fire hose, but we really did want to kind of include as much, um, marketing automation theory and practical and tactical wisdom that you can really take to your business and start using right away. Uh, Please do let us know if you have questions or other things that you would want us to cover or just specific questions about your business. We would be more than happy to have a chat. And as always, we know that time is precious. Thank you for sharing yours with us. Level Up Creators exists to amplify the voice, reach, and impact of creators making a positive impact in the world. 
With your expertise as our focus, our team of strategists, marketers, sales pros, product developers, administrators, and tech gurus handle the heavy lifting of building and optimizing a profitable business that will transform your life for good. Subscribe to the show and check out WeLevelUpCreators.com to sign up for our newsletter where we share weekly actionable business tips for creators just like you. See you next time on the Level Up Creators podcast. What could you accomplish in your business if you had an entire team of experts available to advise you on any aspect of your company whenever you need it? And what if you not only had this team in your back pocket, but the exact education you need to move your company forward available to you 24 7, 365? Well, today's your lucky day because that's exactly what Level Up Creator School is. It's a full fractional team of advisors that you have tremendous access to during the work week and the courses and trainings you need to take your company to new heights. For just a few hundred dollars a month, you can access the Level Up Creators Consulting Team, and there's no business challenge we can't solve. Check out levelupcreatorschool.com today and meet your new team.